Hi guys, welcome back to Good to Game Radio. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Clint's playthrough of Subnaka Below Zero. Tony finally completes Returnal, and he's going to give his review of that game. And Vance's uh, MLB and Army of the Dead highlights. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm here with Vance and Clint again, and we're sitting down. We're going to have a great conversation, and let's get right into it. Vance, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I'm doing pretty good today. Awesome, awesome. Your uh, your off day today. You worked yesterday on your your first day, right? So yes, yes. I had some time to. Semi-relaxed, man. I took care of some hedges that were bothering me. Like, every time I pulled it, I was like, yo, I hate these hedges. And uh, so I finally started whacking at it today. Wow, you're out there in the yard working on your on your one day off. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Being a responsible adult. <laughs> right, right. Hey, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, I was feeling so good. I even put some shine on the wife's tires, you know. <laughs> wow. you know yeah. Hey, you know, it was funny. Speaking about responsibility, I actually took my car to the car wash today and cleaned out the inside. <laughs> yeah, so hey, I was I did my my responsible thing too. Uh, helped helped the wife carry some bags of rocks, you know, for some landscaping. Now, nice. now, now, now I'm back, you know, back in the game room where things are, you know, in their proper order and stuff. So uh, reverting back to uh, the the kid in me. Clint, right. how are you doing? Uh, were you a responsible adult today, Clint? Uh, well, I went to work and just held it down, but uh, way more exciting. And I, it's so exciting that I can't believe I didn't even tell you guys before we started the podcast. Totally was not a loser this week. Are you guys even ready for this? Okay. I went, on a boat. Yeah. I went on a boat yesterday. Oh, did you really? Yes. And I had dinner on a dock, like an adult, from, you know, my boat trip. It was amazing. And it literally was the best day, probably will be the best day of the year to have been on a boat. It's like 78 degrees. Uh, the water was nice. It was a little choppy in some areas. But the breeze was beautiful, and like I hadn't had you know been outside in the sun in you know a million years, and uh, I don't even think I got sunburned, man. Like I got a little bit of a little bit of a you know sun kissed, uh, but it it uh, it was amazing. So uh, losers don't go on boats. So at least for this week, <laughs> not a loser. All right, so awesome, all right, so, awesome. so all right, so the question is, what did you have for dinner on the boat? I mean, you can't have a regular meal on the boat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, Here's the adult thing that I did. <laughs> I had a salad. It was called the Cove salad. It was delicious. Actually, it was just kind of okay, but I felt I thought, you know what? I I, I want to have a salad. I've been thinking about having a salad lately, and there it was right there on the menu, and it was sufficient. But it was on a dock on the lake, so that made it better. Very nice. not loserish. Nice, 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 no. nice. Yeah, yeah. Losers don't get on boats, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is. That's just like a fact. It's in. You know, it's on the internet somewhere, okay, probably. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah, oh. it was beautiful. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Definitely not a loser. Um, and what's crazy is... Okay, I'll take you out of that column like, for today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe for today. I don't know how long. So by next week, if I don't do something cool, I'll be right back in there. Um, but I haven't actually even turned on... This is a, You know, we're recording in the PS uh, PlayStation Party Chat. This is the first time I've turned on my PS5 in uh, three days, maybe? Just kind of... Taking a break know. between I've games? Been, not no. I think part of it is the game I've been playing is. Uh, I feel like I want to commit a pretty large block of time when I'm gonna log into it, and so like by the time I'm ready or you know I'm done from work or whatever, I come home. It's like I don't feel like I have enough time to really like uh, get into it, so I just don't turn it on. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll just wait till I can get a, a block of time. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, totally not a loser. Video game awesome. podcast guy going on a boat. Need a t-shirt. Do you have the t-shirt? I'm totally not a loser t-shirt. Right. (laughs) Well, I think all my all my shirts, uh, maybe not in words, but they're probably all saying the opposite of that. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Hey, it's crazy. It's crazy because I thought the uh, adult thing that uh, you said you're gonna do was check the mail. (laughs) Uh, I did check the mail. Uh, I'm sitting here with my. Not fully, completely installed, really at all. Boom uh, for, for my uh, for my mic, but it's sitting at an appropriate distance away, and it's mildly secured, somewhat. Yeah. So uh, I checked the mail, though, dude. I did it. Definitely. Nice. Yeah, I'm very proud of myself. Although I will tell you, I definitely checked the mail like four days ago, and I just got this thing out like an hour before we were gonna record. It's like I should probably do that. Gotcha. And then, you know, gave gave up shortly after I started. <laughs> well, you're almost there. Another very you're, adult thing. You're, you're you know, almost to full full installation of the of the uh the recording equipment at your at your apartment. So <laughs> another yeah, week. I did order the headphones when we when we were getting on here, some new headphones uh for the uh for the uh, podcasting. Nothing else. I don't know what else am I gonna use these things for. Yeah, but, yeah exciting. Getting there. Coming together slowly. Awesome. So I was sitting uh in the living room last night and I was flipping through Netflix and I saw a, uh, the, the new Netflix show uh, or movie that came out. Uh, what was it? Army of the dead. Has uh, either one of you seen that? I no. fell asleep on it. Not a surprise, but, <laughs> um, I did see like a good little chunk of it, good little chunk of it. Uh, never, never even heard of it. What's it about? Uh, oh, is this like the old Bruce Campbell? Like, is it a remake of that or is that a different thing? I think I'm not sure. It's apparently a Zach a Zach Snyder movie about a group of bank robbers maybe that are brought together to do some sort of heist in Vegas. But apparently in this in this universe uh there's been a zombie out a zombie outbreak in Ve- in Vegas and they've built like a giant wall around the city or something. I'm just assuming here. I'm just I'm piecing this together from the trailers that I've seen. Uh, I haven't actually watched it. I was going to watch it tonight, actually. But uh, I was just wondering if anybody had seen it because it, it, it looked pretty uh, pretty funny. All right. But so they, they, they got to for... go do the bank heist or uh, break in a vault or something. But in the meantime, they're surrounded by, you know, a city full of zombies that are apparently intelligent. Okay. Tony. Yeah. New podcast segment. It's happening. We need to review series that we have never seen just based on previews. Oh, that's a great idea. 
Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I'm trying no. to decide whether you need to edit this I, out. That might be <laughs> so that, that, no one that might it. be the first original idea you've thought. <laughs> 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 yeah. I remember th- that's like I don't think I've ever seen that done, but yeah, that would be pretty how awesome. Many more, how many We're doing more series reviews just myself. based on the trailer. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I that might that secures my spot on the podcast for another couple of weeks, right? And then I'll have to do something else that has some sort right. of value. Right. Yeah. So Vance, you said you saw a little bit of it. Uh, uh, yes. And um, yeah. And uh, at first, like I didn't know what to make of it, you know, because uh, I I didn't know anything about it. Um, my brother-in-law, uh, he had mentioned it, but uh, Jake, he was like, yeah, you know, she wanted to, she had wanted to see it, so I was like, I put it on. So we started watching it, and right off the bat, it was like interesting interesting don't know where to go with this but it's just a way you definitely gotta check it out i mean <laughs> you definitely gotta check it out definitely gotta it like check it out high action or like what what was interesting about it uh as far as the like the zombies were crazy or the the acting was horrible or like give us a little bit here um so the uh so what actors do I know? Uh, the wrestler Batista. Well, I guess he's not wrestling anymore. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's retired or what, but I guess he's acting now. So the actor uh, Batista, he's in there. Um, the guy Omar Harden. Yeah, he uh, he's in there. Um, he played on Ghost and he played on. I mean, not Ghost. He played on a uh, um, a Showtime show called Power and he played like you know some other uh, movies and stuff like that. But um. So those are the the actors that I know from there. But uh, the way that everything kind of started off was interesting. Very typical, you know, like, you know, I, you know, like, I'm not trying to say too much, you know, without even like giving away, you know, like what happens, you know, but, but it's, um, what was interesting was it wasn't how, how you expect the zombie apocalypse to start off. Like, if, if, if that makes sense, like, you're going to find out like, oh, like, got it. Oh, this okay, is weird. so like, I don't want you to spoil it either. So yeah, right. it, it's it kind of it it sets you up for a zombie apocalypse and then hits you a little bit out of left field, is what it sounds like. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. Right. But you didn't finish it, right? No, I didn't finish. I probably finish it up tonight, though. Okay, for sure. And it's so, a movie. It's not a series. Yeah, I think it's like two hours, two hour twenty minutes. But like yeah, all two right, hours. So we're movie. all watching oh, it tonight then. Yep, yep. So, based on what we've said so far, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and make prediction. They, they're they all criminals, and they're given an opportunity to pardon if they can go into Vegas, break into some mafia boss's vault, get the gold out, and uh, if they do, then they're, they're free to go. And that they all die except for the main character who you know either well does he die uh, now he escapes he escapes with the with the the beautiful heroine in his arms and but they make off with all the money and make it to some pacific island where there's no zombies that's my prediction all right okay. so the so i will tell y'all the plot the plot of the movie is um like yeah, we need y'all to go get this money because um the guy I guess who owns the money or whatever, he had he has already got paid by the insurance company, right? For the uh for the money and he just wants to get the cash because uh 
you know, he's being greedy. Oh, so someone had robbed him, so he got his yeah he he got the losses covered by insurance, but then he w- still wants to have the money that was stolen from him and and vengeance or whatever. Well, where the money is is inside of Vegas, and like Tony said, which is correct, they built the wall around Vegas because that's where all the zombies are at. So the so it's like so it's it's almost like you have to go. You know what? You have to go get this piece of bread, right? But it's surrounded by a million ants. So all but all you have to do is go in, get the bread, and come out. <laughs> and we know how ants love bread. Yeah, that's true. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. All so, right, so very, how many of them are going to get turned into zombies? I wonder. I, I bet. How yeah, many, that's let me guess. There's a dozen of them. There's at least twelve. Um, people to twelve people. Yeah. I'm gonna say, uh, like say the party that's in the party that's going to get yeah. the money. You think that's there's twelve of them? That seems that's like too guess. many. No, it's not Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve for that matter. Is it? It's got to be I like no, it's got to be like like four or five guys, right? Maybe six. It can't be that many. No, not there's not that it. many. There's not <laughs> that many actors that they want in this movie. That's what I've decided. They do. They are Without if you want to kill off a bunch of funny actors in right, unique, true, creative true. ways. <laughs> There it is. That is That's my review. Is it's a dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark comedy. <laughs> it's gonna miss all the punchlines. And uh, let's see, Dave. Uh, what's it, is his name? Dave Batista. Batista. Yes. You know, by yes. the way, Vance. Yes, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Batista. You know what else? Dave, uh, Dave Batista is gonna be in. Is your favorite the sequel to your favorite movie ever? Knives Out. Oh wow! He's, <laughs> he's gonna be in the sequel. Wow. Yeah. As soon as you said his name, I was like, really. Vance, uh, for our listeners, Vance, before we started, uh, was not a fan of my talking about who's going to be in the new Knives Out movie because he thought the first Knives Out was trash. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that got dropped. Um, like, Dave, Dave I, 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 Batista is going to live because, uh, I don't know, I didn't recognize all the names that you had said. Uh, so he'll be the one that lives, and uh, he gets out with the money but loses everything. And... Uh, and uh, it's mildly hilarious at times along the way. That's my review. That's not a review. This needs to be fleshed out a little bit, my idea. Maybe I actually <laughs> need to watch the preview before I just hear you guys talk about it. Uh, That's all you we'll, needed. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back <laughs> next time. And we'll actually, you know, think about it and not on the spot and then fail at it. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we, we'll just, we, need, we need to set up some ground rules. Uh, watch the preview yeah. first. Watch, yeah, you have to watch the trailer. The, Can know, we watch the extended trailer? See, that's got to be a rule. We have to establish those rules. Like okay. the official release trailer. Uh, okay. And then, you know, you have to be so close to the plot and you have to guess other things. I don't know. But we'll have to establish those rules. I'm okay if it's not even trying to guess the plot and it's just writing a better movie yeah. based on the trailer. Like, I think we should go ahead with. and establish because we know we're going to be watching Loki when it comes out yeah. in June. Loki, that'll be the one we choose. Got yeah. it. So, Vance, did you say you fell asleep in this movie? Uh, yes, I was tired. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I was just, <laughs> I was just tired. It's, it's funny because like on my days off, it's like I wake up like, you know, like four or five in the morning. So it was like by the time you know anything is uh happy that night, I'm just dead tired. <laughs> like uh, just trying to enjoy my day off because I know I'm gonna get rocked at work. So I just, I'm just trying to be up and enjoy every second of it. Okay, so moving on, Clint, you just uh, you said you were on a boat. You know, enjoying a dinner on the dock. 
while you were staying there, sitting there enjoying your salad, and you were looking out across the calm waves of the lake, did it remind you of a recent game that you just completed? Okay. <laughs> That's actually perfect, because... I jumped into the into the lake and was swimming a little bit, and then like almost immediately when I got in, and the, it's lake water, it's not clear, right? So you can't see into the water at all. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is a really bad idea from the guy who's been playing Subnautica, like all the time with all these monsters in the water. And I was, it uh, that was like my the very first sentence that came out of my mouth was about like, why am I in the water when I've been playing this garbage lately? <laughs> like it, it was a uh, like that brief moment of like man i should be scared right now but you know i know better obviously um but yeah it was very interesting and very uh you know apropos or whatever but i uh yeah been playing i played subnautica and i talked about that recently uh great game absolutely loved it and then the new release in uh, of subnautica below zero just came out it's been about a maybe a week or two weeks now and this is a game that had been in pre-release for I think a couple of years and during that couple of years it had changed a lot like I after after completing the game and I've completed it I went back and looked at some old you know YouTube content and uh, you know they had been changing the story around a lot so uh, Subnautica in this instance you're um, the, the it's a you're a new character and you're going to the same planet the previous video game happened on and in this case, you're, you hear that your sister has been, uh, has died. And you're basically going to find out why. Because all you hear is, oh, she died um, because she was being negligent. And uh, so you go to the planet, and uh, you're on a search for information about your sister. And then in the meantime, uh, you get really early in the game, you get an SOS signal. And it turns out to be uh, an alien you know, intelligent alien life, and it's just, it's people that are relevant to the first game. They're called architects, and they're just you know a, a more advanced being. Um, right. So let me ask you real quick before you continue on. Um, so you said in this this new Subnautica Below Zero, you're going to find your sister, right? That's the you're premise? you're going to find what happened. You know, you're going to find out what happened to her, why she died. Okay, so, so I was wondering you get was a notification that she yeah. is dead. Yeah, so I was wondering. Well, I actually thought. Go ahead. I was wondering if the sister was uh, who you were playing in the first game, like the character that you play in the in the base game. Is that is that this? That's not the sister that you're going in search for now. But is it the same person that you are now? No, so totally different story. Yeah, it, it's loosely tied. Um, I guess, you know, at least in this aspect, it's very loosely tied in the first game. I don't even know if you have a, uh, a name, you know, and in the first game, you don't have an interaction with another human being, uh, directly. What, what you do is you'll go around and you'll find, uh, it's their PDAs. That's how everything is tracked as the PDAs, uh, you know, um, and it has information about what was going on. So you basically get clues to things that had happened. And there's just a lot of other voice actors, but you don't directly interact with any of them in the first game. And in the first game, if you beat it, uh, you, spoilers, escape the planet if you beat it. So the sister um, goes to this planet months or years later. So a lot of the, some of the story is about uh, the previous, like the down ship 
in the first uh, in the first game, there's a big spaceship that crashes, and you were on it and you escaped in a life pod. There's some of that uh, references in the new game, but the uh, it's like loosely tied. I even told someone that they could play the second game first because I thought it was a much more like approachable uh, game and it was a lot easier. Like re- I think this uh, Subnautica Below Zero is too easy, which would be maybe my main complaint about it. Too easy and not long enough. When you say I felt like I was too easy, uh, is it because the sur- the resources were too abundant? Uh, it was too easy font to to progress the narrative uh, that they were placing in the game, or the combat wasn't as, you know wasn't as difficult. What what was making it easier? So I think for sure the resources are more abundant. But the biggest thing I, I feel is that you needed less equipment and gear to be able to complete it. Like, you you basically get two different vehicles, and there's one that's like a little personal submarine, um, just like the first one, except this one, you can build expansions onto it. So you can build a module for fabrication or for storage or for some other things. Um, and then there's also the prawn suit, which is essentially this big mech that you walk around in. Well, I built the mech, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to need that later when I get in-game. Uh, I don't even think I used it my first playthrough because I, I kind of realized that um, they let you upgrade your little submarine enough that you can go to the deepest depths. You could not do that in the old game. They restricted it. They said it would go this far, and if you want to go into the final area, um, it is not uh, equipped to go any lower in depth, and it'll just break. So you had to use other resources to get into the depths of, uh, you know, of the ocean to finish the game. This one, nah, just, you know, you'll just float right down there with your submarine, no problem. So that bugged me a lot um, in my first playthrough. And I feel like when I finished the game, they were really gearing me up. And maybe they're gearing me up now I can see for a sequel, which I, again, would be very excited about. But I'm expecting that I'm going to finish this little, you know, cutscene, and I'm in the new, the next section to go and finish the game, and I was so excited, and then it's like, they're rolling the credits. And I couldn't believe it, because my first playthrough of Subnautica was like 27 hours, um, and, and Below Zero, it was 16 hours. And I thought, okay, I felt like I was missing something from it, like the gameplay is very similar in a lot of ways, it's it's very, still very fun, the exploring is very fun. I thought the map the layout of the map and the map is really, you know, there's you know flat ocean and then it just, it the depths change, but you can't get to the bottom of the ocean in all areas. You have to find a cave system or whatever, but there's also a lot of on, you know, above ground stuff um, with Subnautica below zero. Like you'll be going around in an icy, you know, uh, tundra and finding things. And I, I really didn't, I don't really care about walking around on the land to explore. To me, it just is not nearly as as fun or as beautiful as when you're under the water. But I'll tell you that the second playthrough, I built that same mech, the prawn suit, and I didn't. I hadn't even used it the first game. They buffed it so hard, like that thing. You can do anything in this suit. So I basically beat the entire game before I upgraded my submarine to go lower than 150 meters, and you have to go a thousand meters. To beat it, you have to go, you know, 300 meters to do anything. Um, I didn't even touch it. I left it at the base and I used this prawn suit the whole game, and it was actually really fun. It feels like they designed the game more for that. Like, 
But my second playthrough, I felt like I was trying to decide how I was supposed to have played the game. Because I was very excited about it, and I beat it quickly, but I kept... It's not linear storytelling, so I kept getting little bits about it. And, like, one of the things... I told you, the story you're trying to find out why your sister died, I literally beat the game without finding out. Because it, it didn't require me to go to whatever the area is to complete it. I'm like, oh, I wanted to progress this other aspect with the alien species. And then, oh, I'm done. Okay. What happened with my sister? You know, like, it was a very weird thing. I guess that's what you get with the nonlinear storytelling, but... As much as there were things that I didn't appreciate about the game, I also kind of think, like I talked last week about people are playing Call of Duty wrong. I think I played this game wrong. Like I was so excited to progress the story and, and find out the new, you know, whatever the new things were that this was going to have to offer that I just, I feel like I skipped a lot of things. Um, but I like a game, I really enjoyed it and I'm, still playing it, you know, when I when I get the next game I'm going to play is I'm going to continue to play Subnautica Below Zero and explore a little bit more and do, I'm going to start another playthrough probably next and just um, try to do it a little bit more efficiently than I had been doing it. And I could see myself maybe, like, I don't, I'm not a speedrunner, but just trying to, like, find the best path that's going to progress the story the best way, uh, you know, without kind of skipping around, see what they what their intent was. Uh, but really fun game, but I was disappointed because I felt like it was not long enough and it was right. too easy. So uh, if you were to put it on a scale between the two games, the original Subnautica and Below Zero, uh, one to ten uh, scale difficulty, what would you put the original Subnautica at? That's uh, That's a really hard question for me. With the first one, I, I had to go, like, go on YouTube and search for so many things. Because a lot of this game you're building, you know, you need to uh, find resources and you build equipment and tools. And um, the better tools require different resources. And there's a ton of resources I had never found. You know, like some crazy thing. You have to go to the depths of the ocean to find it. And you need it um, to progress further into the depths of the ocean. So... Uh, but I also had not any kind of experience with that. Like, I, I really don't think these are hard games. Uh, I think that, you know, something because I think hard is like, you know, coordination, you need all these things, and these aren't like fighting games. It's just uh, figuring them out. I, I, I'll, I don't know, Subnautica, maybe like a seven or something, and that might be, be even too, rating it too hard on difficulty. Yeah. Um, and below zero has got to be like a four or something. It, it's just it was a big change in the difficulty. Right. I wonder if that's reflective of the completion rate of the original game because uh, I'm looking at it and it looks like the original game has a completion rate of ten point four percent of people um, who have the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, one in ten, basically, people finish the game. Um, I wonder if they, if looking at that as a developer, they they kind of question like, how do we get more people to the end of the game? Maybe that's why the second this uh below zero is shorter and easier. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, get more people to like kind of follow follow through. Uh, yeah, there's it, probably it, some probably right. there's probably metrics in there saying that you know people are more likely to follow up a purchase of a game 
uh, you know, like in a, uh, with, in a series or sequels, if they've completed, you know, one or one of the games. So it, that's probably something that, you know, that has contributed to maybe why that is. Yeah, like, just like by way of example of just the difference in that is like in order to finish the first game, like my, in my first playthrough, I had to build a base at like a thousand feet underwater um, because it was the point that I could enter the deep depths, you know. Um, in this game, literally, I went down there, you know, to the to the, the deepest depths one time, and like I I made a I made all these tool like all this stuff, and I literally didn't need anything. I could have just like any any like one thing is there's a bunch of really aggressive leviathans that are guarding the final like the depths, and in the first game, if a leviathan got a hold of your submarine it's going to take like 80% of its health, right? I mean, just immediately 80% of its health. In this game, there's a, a little like button you can push. You, there's an upgrade for your uh, submarine where you can push a button and it shocks them and they immediately let you go. And in the same game, they, in the early, first game, they had something similar, but it was like the resources to get that are really late game resources. In this game, it's literally sitting on the floor when you go to like talk to somebody in their base. Like... It took zero effort to get it, and it like even just removing that from being on the floor and making me play through more of the game without that easy defense. Where that when they grab a hold of you, they do instead of eighty damage of your hundred that you have in the old game. In this game, they're doing like ten or twelve, you know, maybe twenty. It's, yeah. it's just they nerf these guys so bad. But then when they grab you and you push this button that you got just from playing through the game, super easy, that shocks them, zero damage. They just let you go. You keep going. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, there's, Ooh, like I like that one better. Zero damage. Yeah, but it's, it's like, it's so easy. It's like, yeah. okay, so these guys are defending the end of the game. You should make it difficult to get into this area. And it doesn't matter. There's, there's like two of them that are like almost on top of each other uh, at the very bottom of, you know, where you have to get to. Right. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. They shock you all. They could grab you all day, shock them, and they just swim away. Yeah. It's like it's so much easier. But so what I did do yeah. is I grabbed my prawn suit and I went down there and I uh you don't have guns. You like in the other game you had a gun that would freeze time. You don't have any of that. So you got a uh like you can punch them with your prawn suit or you can use the a, a drilling arm that you would use to get like resources. And I literally went in there and I used a grapple attachment and I grappled on the Leviathan and I rode him around for like eight or ten minutes and like stuck my drill arm drill arm into his like body and killed him uh, so i killed i went and i hunted i cut like one of the shadow leviathans and then one of them that's like near the surface i was like okay well i gotta do something like like let me have a challenge and that was it wasn't really hard but um i mean it felt like it was a little bit more you know of a serious endeavor than just going down there you know for one little thing you had to do and yeah. then leave and that was it so you said you didn't actually complete complete the story right the the way that was kind of put together on the first playthrough no but i i uh i did end up like i saved it before i completed it because it says we'll finish up what do you need to you won't be able to go back and i was like okay well let me just i'll save it just in case i can restart here because i didn't bring oh i didn't bring you know i was walking around on the surface when i finished it so i didn't bring like my wetsuit you know the still like the gear i had had i'm like i'm gonna be so i'm so dumb i left all this stuff for water you know, in my submarine, 
I'm like, I'll save it because I'm just really excited to see what the ending is. And I go through it's like, or to see what the next thing is. Oh, it's the ending. Right. Um, but so I did go back from that same save and, you know, finished and fi- and finished the story. Was it satisfying? Of, uh, the story? The conclusion of it? Yeah, I, I think so. I think part of it, I think there's, it's like multiple stories. So the story with the alien that I was completing, and that's what actually finishes the game, like rules the cutscenes. Um, very interesting. And the way they tie it into the first game, I thought super interesting. And it was, I was very excited to do that part. The part with the sister, which is literally the start of it, like the, you know, you get this SOS from the alien early on in the game. And that's like, oh, this is a new thing that's now happening. But the story of your, why your sister died is the, you know, the basis of it all. Um, and I don't think that was handled as well as the alien encounter that you, you know, that you go through, but still, you know, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, still not 100%. Like, I feel like I understand it from all the bits of the story that they piece together with the sister. But it's not, like, super clear. Like, I'll have to actually play or, you know, go and see what the order is these things were supposed to happen in. But I think I understand it. But it wasn't, I don't think, handled very well because it wasn't linear storytelling. Right. How did it play as far as were there a lot of uh, uh, bugs or uh, glitches or weird things happening? Did it yeah. play pretty so smooth? A lot, no, a lot more than the first game. And what I found is um, it was almost all of it was when I was on land and not in water. So it was, you know, this big suit that you get, um, you know, this prawn suit, the like the mech suit. I took it out on, on land uh, for a moment and it, the game crashed. Okay, well, maybe it's not supposed to be out there, right? That's my thought. So they have like a little... Uh, they call it a snow fox. It's like a you know, like a little motor hover motor uh, motorcycle thing that you take over the snow. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm not supposed to use that uh, prawn suit. I'm supposed to use this. And like, there's a leviathan that is a, a, you know on the land. It you know tunnels up, and that thing was like annihilating me. It knocked me off my little snow fox thing like every ten feet, and it's doing a ton of damage to it. Well, my second playthrough. I took the prawn suit up on land in that area, literally took zero damage the entire time I was on land, did it in a fraction of the time, and I realized, like, they actually want me to have this up here. There's resources you have to have the suit to, to get to and stuff. I'm like, what, what? why did they give me this crappy little snow fox, you know, hover motorcycle when this is what is supposed to be doing the job here? So some of that was confusing, but it, it's, it's crashed. Like, the old game, I don't even think I've had it crash, and this game's probably... 10 12 times even really um, that much yeah one thing i'll say which i think is super cool and i don't know if it's in the first game because i haven't gone back to check but uh you can unlock uh in the start menu developer options the developer options will literally let you put cheat codes into the game and they'll let you teleport to places and stuff so on my like between my playthroughs i went in there and like uh, un, you know, unlocked some of these cheats because I wanted to explore some of these areas, um, you know, just quickly. So I'm like, what did I miss is what I thought. And like, I teleported to these different points and doing that, it crashed it too. It tells you it's not, it, it's, you know, unstable essentially. Right. So a couple of the crashes would be attributed to that. But a lot of them, like I, I, I probably have lost a couple hours of gameplay to crashes. So like I've, I've started saving way more often. But like when I played Subnautica, uh, like the first one, 
I let my whatever I'll start a playthrough and I won't save it until you know I'm getting off for the day uh, because you know I'm not probably not going to die or whatever. But now I'm thinking, man, like I actually think I lost the start of a playthrough because it crashed. Um, you know, like half an hour in or something. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's some issues with that too, but I expect that will get worked out. Like, not like game breaking because uh, you know the game works, but it's. Uh, I mean, obviously the complete crashes ruin it, but it was at least, uh, you know, a playable game that also had crashes. You know, not like the you know the first I've talked about the Assassin's Creed I got when I bought my Xbox that literally I couldn't play it. Right. What about graphics and sound? How how did uh. Was that an improvement over the original, or just pretty much the same? I think it was. It was very similar. I think uh, the first one, the sound, like the graphics, I think are probably a little better on this one. You know, it's just a little newer, and I think it's a little brighter. Um, you know, it lets you see a little bit more around you, but also that was part of what made the first one scary. Is that you know you can't really you don't really know everything's happening around you, and I also think that some of the uh, some of the sound and the, I think they're both great when you're underwater. The new game has a decent amount of it. Um, you know, I'd say compared to like one or 2% of the time you'd spend on the land in the first game, it's probably like 15 or something percent that you would, that you uh, maybe need to spend on the, on the land, but you could spend way more um, on the second game. But the sound is, uh, it's pretty good. One cool thing with the new game is it lets you, there's a jukebox at some point you can, you can get and put it in your base and they have specific tracks that they have located around the world that you can go and pick up a track and then you can play that track in your base and like speakers you can hook up in your base and stuff. Um, so that's actually, that's really cool as well. Um, but yeah, I think they're very similar as far as graphically and, and the sound. Um, but yeah, it's good. The the jukebox thing is actually really cool. You can even do it where you can have it in your little submarine if you put the right attachment on your on the submarine. You can have the jukebox while you're going around. It's cool. The songs are kind of okay. You know, they're specific for Subnautica, um, but they're kind of fun. You would recommend this game for anybody? I would. I think I, I I think if I'm a new Subnautica player, I'd probably play the first uh, the second Subnautica first because it's a lot more accessible. Um, and I don't think you're really going to ruin uh, things of the story, you know, because it's it's its own story. It just has some tie-in to the previous game. Um, but I'd recommend it. I think with this, I'd play Subnautica below zero and understand the mechanics and see it. And then I'd go for the, I think, significantly more challenging Subnautica, uh, just base Subnautica, the first one. Yeah, really fun game still. Even this one, I, there's a lot of things I, I didn't, like you know as far as it being as easy as it was and uh, not you know necessarily knowing how to progress the story but uh, definitely still fun definitely still worth playing and i'm again like i'm gonna play another do another playthrough is gonna be the next thing i do on this uh on on this console is let me play some more of that because it's still it's very fun game the play uh, the gameplay is super fun cool maybe you'll stream it for us yeah good luck (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on uh, Vance, Vance, you had a, you had a, you want to talk about MLB. So MLB. what's going on with MLB? Man, so, uh, <laughs> I had my first online experience, uh, MLB playing against, uh, none other than Tony Whiskey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, let's so, hear it. I'm excited. 
So let me so give we, um, let me let me oh, let me, yeah, let me, ahead, let me give Clint a little backstory here. Uh, so for the listeners and Clint, uh, we uh, we started a little test league for MLB. Uh, there's about you know five there's five teams in it, mostly guys from work, and we were just trying to see how the custom league leagues option in uh, MLB 2021 uh, operates and. How, how to form it, how to, uh, you know, invite the pe- people, how the communication works, how the scheduling works and, and that sort of stuff. So we put that together. The league's running for like two weeks, ends on May 31st. And, uh, this, the schedule is open. You know, you, you have a list of, uh, teams that you have to play within the time frame, and it's up to you, you know, what order there's, there's no like set date or anything. You just, if you see somebody on, you, you, you give them a challenge and then you can, you can play the game. So I set the league up since the test league, you know, everybody's just playing one game against every other team and there's two playoff teams and it's playing one game championship. So that's basically the, that's how the league is set up. And then the last Wednesday night, uh, you know, um, there was a couple people on. So the first, First of the league games were played last Wednesday night, and one of them being the one that Vance is about to tell you about. So, real quick, <laughs> which one of you threw down the gauntlet? Which one of you challenged the other? Uh, he challenged. Yeah, uh, he challenged me, so I was like, "Yeah, you no know more." Yeah. Okay, so I'm picking know. Tony because he had the confidence to go after you. <laughs> that's why you know. That's so, why guessing from the preview on the on the on the bout. Well, actually. Uh, I challenged one of the other Combat teams. Midget. Combat yeah. midget. I uh, I challenged. Did him. you really? We, and then we played. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, we played. Yeah, I know what it is. And uh, we played. And then I I texted Vance and said, "Hey, get on." You know, there's a couple of us on. And then Vance actually challenged me. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, here's the question: because Vance was was texting and said that combat midget um and he were gonna have a battle and uh similar skills maybe was my thought did you beat combat midget or no yeah i did <laughs> okay so i'm picking tony based on that but i'm very interested okay vance you're up dude tell us about it all right so what was funny was he's like oh you know he uh he played combat midget so right, you know i play you know i'll play with like they know don't know anything about it, but you know, I, you know, I'll give him my best shot. So, you know, uh, at the beginning, it was like a pitcher's duel. You know, we were going back and forth. You know, just trying to, uh, trying to, trying to survive in the batter's box. And uh, Tony was getting like some base hits, and it was funny because every time he would get a base hit, he would hit right into a double play. So I felt pretty good about that. Like, yeah, yeah. So, Tony, that's so... a bad strategy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was frustrating. So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mind you, the game is only you know three innings. You know we're we're not doing the full nine. We're just doing you know three innings. You know just because you know could be kind of long or whatever like that. So you know um, we're like all right. Yeah. You know we'll we'll go ahead and um what happened? Okay. Yeah. So I I meant to throw like a fastball to him and I end up throwing a high hanging changeup and he crushes it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh my god. So. Yeah, so he's up 2-0, and I'm over here trying to, you know, get it together. Trying to get it together, and uh, 
and uh you know come back whatever like that but i couldn't i couldn't and, and that was and that was like like you know the highlight of, of everything him hitting hit the home run i was like if i didn't throw that home run pitch like the game would be so much close like extra innings close and i just laughed i was like oh my god like, i can't believe i lost you know Vance, can I tell you that I never wanted to be wrong as much as picking Tony? I wanted you to tell me about you crushing him. Like, I really wanted that to be the story. Hey, 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 but look, but but what's even worse is I see the guy that he beat at work, and I'm looking at him like, he beat both of the Kellys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and we just shook our head and laughed, you know? Like, he he was like, yeah, man, you know, you know, you know, I just can't get, you know, you know, nothing going on. Like, you know, at least with me. You know, he hit like a home run with the other guy. He like surgically dismembered him. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like man. So that's tough. Yeah. So Tony is two and zero, oh, and then you know, there's only five. What? No, two other people he has to play. So it's funny because even if he win, you know, even if he loses, he still is a five hundred. That's funny. <laughs> is it too late for me to join this league? I'll plug in the Xbox One and and uh, push all the buttons against Tony. <laughs> just 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 to try to you know to uh, you know protect your your good name. If you win this, I'm gonna call rigged. I don't care. I don't care if you're better. Hey, it was just yeah, it was like, someone's better take you like, out. Look, I've hit like three home runs <laughs> in the in the outside of the mode where you have the career player. All the other modes, I've hit like a total. Of three home one home runs, and one of them was the home run I hit against Vance the other day. So it's hard to hit a home run um, for me, anyway. I I'm not really that uh, that great at hitting, but I got lucky, boy. That ball hung over the plate. It looked like the size of a grapefruit, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did what made it even worse. Like he hit a home run like with a trashy play. Was he like a oh, good player? They didn't hit a home player. run with either. Horrible guy. Can't hit. Trash. Guy can't hit, and he. He just powered that one. <laughs> I was, it would surprise me. Like, he got off the bat, and I'm like, well, that was a good hit. I think that might make it into the gap. And then he just kept carrying and carrying and carrying. And then second second row, right center. <laughs> like, so, what? Home run. I'll take it. Are you guys, you guys are obviously, like, in a party talking to each other, right? Were we? Yeah. Were you trash yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah, we were. Oh, yeah, we were trash talking each other. <laughs> Because I couldn't. Vance, I was having did all he kinds hurt of your feelings, sir? Nah, 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 not, not yet, not yet. You know, he has, <laughs> he's been a great sport about it so far. Okay, yeah, yeah Tony's a pretty good sport, I guess. Yeah. I will say though, that home run was great, but the game I played against the other Kelly, it, oh man, that was that was beautiful. Because I, uh, I bunted the bases loaded. A bunch of the bases loaded, hit a triple, right? Cleared the bases. The guy who hit the triple was on third base, and then I squeeze played him in with a bunt down the third base line. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So what was the score of that game? That was four to nothing. You're such a jerk. The bunt to get a home on third. That's worse than any trash talk that you could have ever done. Well, see, I had right. to commit, though. See, I, I sit there runner. I'm like, can I get the bunt down? And amazingly, I did. Beautiful. I kind of love it. <laughs> I, don't, I, didn't, I don't know. Like, part of me would be like, oh, it'd be cool to join the league or whatever. It was like, I don't really don't like baseball. I mean, I played baseball when I was a kid. I just don't, I don't really care. 
Baseball oh, is yeah. baseball is so situ it's a it's a game of situations. Like how are you gonna handle this situation, you know? And you can either mess it up or you know, and be the goat or <laughs> Right. Or, or, right. or you know, be the hero. So interesting yeah. that in, in baseball the term goat is the guy who makes a mistake, but in football the tam- the term goat is the greatest of all time. Right, yeah, it's, the, it's greatest of all time. It's the same in a lot of other contexts too, like uh, fighting and things like that. That's what, when you said that goat. I'm like, oh, did you misspeak? Did you did you mix it up? Because <laughs> I'm known to do that a little bit. But uh, <laughs> no, apparently that's what it is. A goat in baseball is bad. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Tony. Yep. You've been playing uh, that Returnal, and uh, my understanding is that you have completed it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. You know, uh, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, we talked about Returnal uh, dropping, and I picked it up and was playing it and was able to give kind of a, you know, initial impression of the game. Uh, since that time, I have gone on to uh, beat the game. And I'm almost uh, to the point where I've uh, completed my second run through. So uh, I'm feeling uh, feel, uh, feeling pretty confident uh, with that game. Um, so and yeah, and that game is amazing. My personal opinion is that uh, Sony really hit it out of the park with this game, like they do with so many of their exclusive games. Uh, but this one just is like. Uh, a special game. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. it is a special game. You know, uh, I remember back in 2015, it was 2014, 2015 bloodborne, uh, was released from, uh, from software released bloodborne as a, uh, PlayStation exclusive for the PS4. And many people now will refer to the, you know, that game is just like, it has a cult following, you know, it's like, that's the best souls like game, uh, out there. And, has a huge, like I said, it's huge fan base uh, with a cult following, and I feel that Returnal is going to have that same sort of uh, reputation in five or six years from now. It already has a great reputation now, uh, just out of the gate, and but I think that in half a dozen, you know, to a decade, people will look back on Returnal as being one of the one of the great games of the uh, PS5 uh, generation for sure. Uh, that's how much really, I think about the game. That's actually surprised me. You think it's it's on the Bloodborne level? Oh yeah, I I put it there, and I and having played through it, it's to me now it's easy, right? I don't find the game particularly difficult, having almost beaten it twice now. Uh, but it's weird because like how they how that game is kind of set up is like the first part of the game, the first biome. Uh, is extremely difficult for somebody walk somebody coming into the game, any new players to the game. Uh, that first biome is going to be a nightmare. So it's going to give you an impression, like, man, I have to go through six of these biomes um, and without dying, like because it's a rogue, it's a roguelite game. So like I said before in the previous podcast, if you die, you start over, right? And so let me give a little bit of background to the game before I continue on. Uh, so the game, Returnal, it's released by Housemark. Now Housemark is a, uh, it's not a Sony first party studio. It's a, yeah, it's a third party studio. It's a, it's a smallish developer that is based in Helsinki, Finland. 
and they they're famous for games that are like twin stick shooters, arcadey type games, fast action, lots of shooting, a lot of bullet hell type of uh, mechanics. You know, lots of enemies and and fluid movement. You know, um, just real quick reflexive based gaming, right? Usually not a story involved, or if there is, it's very, very light. So that's basically what they were specialists in. And um, it was interesting, like in 2018, I think their CEO, or it was either 2018 or 2019, their CEO put out a letter uh, on their company blog post called Arcade is Dead, basically saying that even though they love making those type of games, you know, and that's all they'd done, that people weren't responding you know, financially, like people weren't buying those games. Uh, so somehow they got landed this project. I mean, they, I guess they, they, they sold it to Sony and Sony signed off on it to do a triple A title. And this is really the first one for the PlayStation five, right? So if you look since the launch of PlayStation five, you've had games on PlayStation five, like, you know, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, uh, Demon, uh, Demon Souls, you know, so Spider-Man's across gin game. So it's available on PlayStation 4. Demon Souls, it's purely PS5, but it's a remake of an old PlayStation 3 game. So this is the really the first AAA title that's only PS5, right? This is the first one out of the gate. So uh, just three weeks ago, my, uh, not Microsoft, but Sony was getting criticized heavily by uh, the uh, the games media and you know the Twitterverse, whatever that that they were so focused on their big uh, blockbusters, right? Because uh, Sony put out uh, that they wanted to do a remake of The Last of Us, the original Last of Us for the PlayStation Five. They put that out there, and the response was not good because there was already a remaster of that game on the PS4 and they put this information out and they just got lamb blasted by the media and everybody was accusing them of not being original anymore. Like they lost their edge. They don't care about indies. They don't, all they want to do is make the last of us or uncharted or games that they know are big blockbusters and they don't really care about these independent studios or independent games uh, development. And then here we go. Returnal, is coming from a developer that's not has never done a triple A before. The genre that it's in is roguelike or roguelite. So that's a very niche genre. It's a big risk that Sony was taking and they were charging $70 for it. That was another big negative uh, for people. It's like, okay, there's no way this game is worth $70 because these guys have never done a big game before. It's a roguelike it's not going to be any good, you know, it's not worth $70. Okay, well, in my opinion, it is worth every cent of the $70 that I've spent on it. Now, it may not be worth $70 to everybody. That's completely subjective, but to me, it was worth it. Uh, if you talk to, you know, one of our friends who just recently completed Resident Evil, that game gets great reviews. It's $60, right, from Capcom. Uh, the game is 10 hours long, basically. So if you can justify spending $60 on a game that's 10 hours long, then you can't justify spending a 10 additional dollars on a game that took me 40-something hours to complete the first time, right? So, I mean, I, it's very subjective. So, But you can see, like, I, where's the line? I don't know. Like, Do that you, game that we just finished playing that I spent $29 on that we did review on last week, 
that was the biggest waste of money. Hood, Outlaws and Legends. Hood, Outlaws and Legends. That was yeah, a big, garbage. big waste of money. Not worth $29. Um, so everything's subjective. But back on the game, uh, it's worth the $70 to me. And it's great. It's going to be a classic. Uh, block, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the sales numbers are because you know, again, there's that argument. If if you want to see good new types of games, then you need to support those games. You know, by buying them. I mean, not saying that you have to go buy every game at full retail, but if something's good, then you do should. you see yourself playing through this like several more times? Are you gonna keep going until you get your? I think you told me it was two hours. For you to complete the run through, are you gonna keep going and go for a half a half an hour run through, or what's your what's your plan with the the game right now? The first, so the the first completion, it probably took me oh I think maybe six or seven hours really for on that one life that I had. There's a lot of there's so many misconceptions about the game, right? So let me just kind of clarify a couple of things here. Uh, You do not have to complete this game on one life. Right. So everybody thinks that I have to go from biome one to biome six, all, all this randomized levels and all the bosses on one life. And there's no save feature. And if I turn my put my PlayStation in standby, there's a chance that it's going to all get erased. Right. That's like the big, you know, misconception that is out there. That is not true. Right. There is a built in checkpoint at the halfway mark of this game. Right, so all you have to do is make it to that mid checkpoint, and then every time you you can turn the game on and off, and that's where you'll start once you're you've progressed to that point. So every once you make it to that middle checkpoint, you can turn your PlayStation off, come back, and that's where you'll start your next run at that middle checkpoint. And that speed run, uh, I just saw a speed run where a guy completed it in five minutes. It's a new game plus speed run, any percentage, I think it was called. Uh, called. Yeah, that was him starting from that middle checkpoint, World world, uh, world Biome 4. And if you've defeated the bosses on any of the biomes as you progress through a playthrough, you can just skip past those bosses. You know, so if that you, speed run is him essentially running through his, the his speed run randomly was, generated yes. maps. So I don't, yeah. His speed run was him just running through the levels, looking for the next portal to the next biome. And in the second half of the game, you don't even—you can skip right past one whole biome, like biome five. There's a gate. So in order to get to biome six, there's a there's a there's a gate that you have to get past, and it requires two different keys, right? Two different keys that are located in biome five. So when you go into biome five and you get those two keys and unlock that gate, that gate will always be open uh, if you die. So if you once you go back and start from Biome 4 again, when you progress through, you don't even have to go to Biome 5 again. You can skip right past it. There's a um, gate hub at the end. It's not even at the end of Biome 4. It's at the one-third portion of Biome 4. So you can skip past most of the most difficult areas of Biome 4, go to the hub, take a right or a left, so you go to the right, you go to biome five. You go to the left, it drops you right into the middle of biome six. So you can you don't even have to go to biome five. So a speed run from the half checkpoint is one third of the way through biome four, get to the to the gate hub, jump through the portal to biome six, 
run, and then you just run to the end of the boss. That's it. And you fight him. Sounds and the, like a bo- horrible speed run. Yeah, and the, and the boss is not even that difficult. Like, the big bosses aren't even that difficult. Like, the, there's two big bosses. There's one at the end of Biome 3. Uh, now, it's a crazy unique boss fight. I'll give it that, right? It's like you have platforming and all kinds of stuff you're trying to manage at the same time. Like, if you have a powerful weapon and plenty of healing, it's really not that difficult. And then the last boss, same thing. Just dodge his slow attacks and then shoot, you know, these little uh, spots on his body or whatever and dies quick, right? Well, not necessarily quick, but you have a good weapon, not not difficult at all. The more difficult bosses are, interestingly enough, the very first boss, which is at the end of Biome 1, the second boss, end of Biome 2, and the boss at the end of Biome 4, those bosses are more difficult than the bosses that are guarding the actual, the actual end portions of the game. Like once you kind of figure out how everything works, the, the most difficult thing is figuring out how everything works because there's so much to learn in the game. And that's why I think that first biome is, it's going to turn most players off, right? Because it's like, it's so, it's seemingly so difficult and it is difficult. Is it- is it more difficult because you don't have the gear or the mechanics of it more difficult than later bosses? It's difficult because you don't know how to manage the risk. So the the key to this game, this game, everything is randomized, uh, procedurally generated. The levels are procedurally generated. So what's, what that means is they're randomly generated. So they're not the same every single time. Like, so... You know, you don't know what you're going to get. So there's no memoriz- no memorization of where things are, right? The only You only know that, okay, the bosses are going to be in the room that's got this icon over it. So because you have a map that tells you uh, the general direction that you need to travel to progress through the main, to the level, to the boss, the door is clearly marked where the boss is, right? So seeing that, you don't, there's not really anything random about it because uh, uh, you know where the boss is, right? Uh, but dealing with the randomness is the key to this whole game, right? Because there's so many random things that can kill you. Not in a bad I'm not saying like something's going to pop up and just kill you, right? I'm just saying that you, you're presenting with a lot of decision points as you progress through the, the level, right? Should I pick this weapon over that weapon? Should I go through this door? And sh- there's things called obelites, which is basically money. There's not a whole lot of obelites that you can pick up on a level. Maybe we'll say, for example, 600 obelites that you can find on a level. But you'll be given options to buy stuff that exceeds that total amount, right? So you have to you have to decide on what things you're going to buy for your character. And those items are going to be different every every run. They're all randomly generated. They're located in what are called fabricators. Um, so you come up on a fabricator, it's going to have an item. Then you, it's, you're going to look at it and say, I, it's going to want to, hey, spend 300 obelites to get this item. And it's going to look really, really good because it, it always does. And like, oh, do I, do I buy that item or do I save my obelites because there might be something better? So the learning curve is like when you first play it, you just, you just initially just buy it. And then... Almost every time, oh, there's something better that pops up. Or there's stuff that you that does stuff that you don't quite understand what it's doing. Like there's devices, machines that will, you know, that will sound om- o- ominous. Do you activate it or not, you know? And 
you if you activate it, yeah, there is usually a price like you know take some health or something like that, uh, but it'll give you something in return. So there's lots of decision points like parasites. Parasites are these little creatures that you can attach to your uniform or your, your suit, and uh, they will usually give you a positive like you know, hey, this will make you uh, where your alt fire on your weapon is two, 2.5 seconds, uh, cool down less. But at the same time, it may, if you take it, then your healing is reduced by 25%. You know, so there's lots of decision points. So managing a run through the game is about managing those decisions. Like, do I take this weapon that's been doing really good for me? Or do I take that weapon right there that looks like it's way more powerful and has way more traits? You don't know that some some weapons are really good for early game, you know, but some weapons are really really good for late game. Like in the when I say late game, I'm talking anything from the second checkpoint on. That's late game. So you know what's good, what was good for you in the first half of the game is not going to be as good for you in the second half. So you got to know when to make that switch over, right? Um, and look for something better. And something better may not necessarily be the most powerful weapon just based on stats it may be an attribute of the weapon that so it's each weapon has different traits and different attributes that are randomized there might be a particular attribute on a weaker weapon that really works for you late game or really works for you know uh, against you you know or tricks uh, not tricks you but you're playing a certain style and then you you pick up a new weapon that doesn't fit that style like a like for example i was playing last night there's a one of the weapon types i can't remember it shoots three bullets, and those bullets will come back to you, right? So it's basically endless ammo. But the key sounds catchy, pretty amazing. Sounds amazing. However, situationally, you walk into a room and there's three or four flying creatures at a distance, right? You have that weapon. You shoot at that. You shoot at one of those creatures. You miss. The bullets you fly past them, right? So you wait. You have to wait for those bullets to return. You are totally vulnerable. Okay, yeah, so that right. they really are making these decisions difficult, it right. seems. But you walk into another room, it's full of these huge creatures, right? They look way bigger and more menacing than that room that had the flying creatures. But they're a little bit slower moving. You get in close to them. You basically stick the barrel of that gun into their gut, and you chew them, up, you chew them to pieces, because the bullets come immediately back into the barrel, so. Oh yeah, so point, like short, like close range. It's yeah. amazing, right? So it's those 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 uh, points that you have to learn what works best when situationally what's coming up that you're going to need this type of weapon or you're going to need this type of thing. So it's a learning process, and and it's a really steep learning curve in that first biome. So. But once you kind of figure it out, you know, you don't even need to play to the end of the game to to kind of figure it out either. You know, it's like you start to see those trends and tendencies. So, um, but like another like another lesson that I learned was on, in a biome there would be like uh, these little alcoves hidden away, right? And there would be like this little uh, glowing jewel thing that sits on top of a, like a stone plate. And that tells you that if you pick that up or you go stand on it, that it's going to drop you into like a hidden room. So early in the game, most of those hidden rooms are good, right? So it's like 
I'm going to go there because I'm going to get some extra obelites. I'm going to go there because it's going to, there's going to be a fabricator hidden in that room that's going to offer me something uh, great that I can buy. Or, you know, there's going to be some plants that if I destroy these plants, they're going to drop something random that's good or something like that. So you kind of get conditioned early on. It's like, oh, there's a, a, a hidden room there. I'm going to go and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to grab something good, right? Then later on in the game, they still have the good rooms, but they'll drop one bad room in there, right? So, in a bad room is you drop in there. Oh, you see one of these alcoves. It's right in the very first room of the biome, say biome four. You know, you're just starting your run. Oh, there's an alcove. Let me go go see what that room is. You drop in there. There's nothing in there, but all of a sudden, a gigantic creature materializes. You know, into the room that shoots lasers or whatever that you can't dodge like <laughs> you can't dodge through like typically you can um you can tell by the color um yeah and the only weapon you have is your pistol so what is that, that essentially an instant death or it's not an instant like death you 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 could fight it and you could win uh but you've put yourself in a very precarious situation so even if you do fight it and win it's highly likely that you've damaged yourself. Managing your health, managing your damage is key, is another key facet to this game, right? There's only so much healing in the game. So I think, you know, trying to control the amount of healing that you have to do to yourself, you have to minimize it as much as possible. Because if you don't, you're always taking damage, then you're never increasing your health pool, right? Um, Increasing your health pool is vital, for especially for newer players, right? Because you can cover up mistakes by having more health. But if you're careless and you constantly get hit, then what would have given uh, in instances of picking up things that would have given you more health, instead you're wasting it on just healing back to what your base was because you allowed yourself to get hit. You know, so you run into a ran that alcove and you, you have to fight off against a big boss right off the, the get go. And you take a few hits and all of a sudden each encounter after that, you have to manage, you know, you have to manage more carefully because the likelihood that you can heal yourself all the way back up becomes less right. And the deeper into the game you get, it becomes more difficult because the, the enemies hit for a lot harder and there's le there's even less healing, so managing risk. That's what this that's what the game is. It's like everything is a decision point. Is this going to pay off for me if I pick this up? So that's what's great right, about the Tony. game. Well, three minutes left of my download. You convinced me. <laughs> Did you buy it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome! Awesome. We'll have to. I'll I'll uh, I'll weigh in uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah, with my but, with my thoughts, but it, it yeah. sounds it sounds very it sounds very different. Yeah, and very interesting. Mechanically, so, the I'll game be, mechanically uh, the game is incredibly well made. Uh, uh, Housemark is a master of those arcade style games, so uh, it carries over into this game, this AAA title told from a third person perspective. So everything is so is really fluid, and there's lots of stuff going on stuff. You know, so the game looks great too, even though you know it's it's not a native 4K or you know it's it's 1080p upscaled to 4K. 
you can't tell the difference. I mean, there's some muddy textures off to the sides and stuff like that. Uh, but you're so busy avoiding getting hit and fighting and surviving that you're not looking at, oh, can I tell if there's a blade of grass over there in that corner? No. The game looks great. I need to see every blade of glass, uh, grass, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tony. Uh, yeah. It's very important to me. Great, great sound. The storytelling is kind of like what you were talking about with uh, Subnautica. Uh, we're getting pieces of it and stuff like that, but it, it's it's really well done. It's fascinating um, how they how they put the story, and you're going to get a conclusion, you know, if you beat the game. Uh, there's kind of like there's no way you couldn't. <laughs> um, so you, you do get, and there's oh, there's like a middle in the middle part of the game with the story. It's kind of like wow, mind blown moment too. So I don't want to spoil that, but yeah, there's some uh good storytelling going on uh in a non-traditional sense and the voice actress that plays the astronaut the astronaut's name is celine the voice actress who uh portrays her, her name is jane perry does a phenomenal job i mean she, that's the only person you're going to hear there's not a whole there's not a lot there's not anybody else you're interacting with for the most part um there's one little instance where there is somebody but um the whole 99, 98% of the game is Celine and um, the actress who uh, voices Celine sounds just like Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver from Aliens. And it's kind of the vibe, too. Yeah, which you know? is perfect, right? right? Yeah, that's kind of the vibe they were kind of going for, you know, uh, the Aliens type of uh, atmosphere with, you know, like m- real dark, uh, misty, foggy, you know, menacing situations and stuff like that so yeah it's it's a complete game and um so huge fan so i highly recommend it to anybody that's got uh the will to try and uh take it on because it that initially initially it will be difficult (laughs) it will be difficult it's not like it's a steep learning curve at the beginning but you know, once you cool. I'm just gonna out. knock this out real quick yeah. before. And you're gonna, I, uh, yeah, you're gonna that, go knock it out. And watch not, that you know, movie tonight, and, and then uh, go to bed early by tomorrow. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I will probably play this game instead of watching that movie tonight, so I will have to watch it uh, tomorrow. Maybe. What's the name of this movie with with the uh, you know zombies Army, in Vegas? Army of the Dead. It's probably like top trending on Netflix or something. If I go oh, yeah. in there and try to look for it too. Oh okay. yeah. All right. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah, dude. That sounds very interesting, and I appreciate the the way you kind of talked us through some of that because it seems like there's a lot more going on than maybe would would initially meet the eye. Yeah, it's it's just you know, there's so much stuff. I haven't even seen all the all the artifacts and stuff. You know, which are things that you can pick up to improve your your uh, Celine. So, so yeah, I'm gonna keep playing it until I, I platinum that sucker. So there, it's, uh, <laughs> so I can put it up Love on it. my platinum shelf next to my Bloodborne platinum. Lucky number fifteen on the platinum, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anybody, uh, anybody got anything else? No, that's it for me. No, sir. All right, well, that's a wrap then for this episode of Good to Game Radio. Thanks again for everybody who took the time to listen in. So, again. We appreciate guys stopping by and giving us a listen. And you guys catch you later. Later, dudes. All right, ladies.